Stop hating Trump and you can stay out of jail. My guest this uh, hour, I'm really pleased, uh, Michael Harrison. I usually see Michael in Washington, and then we get like 10 minutes. It goes very quickly. It's so good to see you, Joyce. It's good to be seen and not viewed. That's how I feel these days. I don't know about you, but... Well, uh, you know, radio is the theater of the mind. It is, I'll tell you. But it's also um, going through some major changes. Michael is the publisher of Talkers Magazine, and I remember... Uh, 30 something, 30 years ago, when someone who I was very close to and was in music radio, um, when I started here in talk radio in South Florida in 1991, said to me, Don't get into talk. That's a dying medium. Oh, gosh. <laughs> a great advice. <laughs> Meanwhile, that person and their radio music gig is over. Uh, they're, they're playing uh, music on that great jukebox in the sky. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's still music radio, but boy, has talk radio really kept radio the icon uh the institution uh, it has i you mean know. where else are you going to get um up-to-date information i mean mm -hmm. i know we have 24-hour cable news but you still can't watch your tv well i guess you can watch it on your apple watch but you, could, you could watch it but you can also drive off the road while you're doing that or, or or get so sucked into it that you become mentally ill as so many people who do sit in front of the, t the television all day long watching the news and i'm talking about on all sides oh yeah th th there's something about it it becomes uh, it, it distorts your reality uh whereas radio is a little bit more fluid it blends in with what you're doing in life it doesn't take you away into this world um but um although really good talk radio well, should talk, transport you somewhere yeah, at least temporarily <laughs> it, it, it transports you um yeah I mean, you know, it's a complicated subject, the media theory of the different ways the, the visual medium versus the audio medium affect your brain. They actually are different. Oh, sure. That's why most people can't be successful at both. They're either successful on TV or they're successful on radio. And very few people are ambidextrous that way. And even the greatest talents. I don't think right. Rush was good at it. No, Rush know? wasn't. Sean, Sean is very good at it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and others are on it. Right. You'd probably be good at it. No. But, but you mm -hmm. seem to really uh, be a radio person. Uh, I, and I, I talk too much. There's too many words coming out of me. <laughs> I don't need a picture. Well, that's a big difference between radio and TV as well. Radio, you talk about you and I talking in Washington, D.C. for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, television is just a series of blurbs it's a series of short segments that are all polished written produced and very very low on substance whereas radio you're on for a few hours a day day after day it's spontaneous there's no time to script it there's right. enough time to prepare it with things changing every few minutes um you've you're going to be exposed for your life experience you're going to be exposed for your Absolutely. intelligence uh your character eventually it comes out a few weeks of doing talk radio people know who you are exactly and so maintaining yeah. that is not easy no it's really not and uh, you know as i'm in entering my 29th year in this market i wow. have to tell you people know more about me than they know about their spouses they spend mm -hmm. more time listening to me than they do to their spouses in the process do you find that therapeutic do you, do you it's great i'll tell you it's like people pay to sit in an analyst's office and talk and i get to vent my spleen every day for three hours i'm not frustrated in the least yeah I but find, ask him when yeah. the microphone light goes out and i walk out of the studio it's a whole different person
Hello, him. <laughs> well, I go by hobo. I can't shake that name. It's been stuck on me for many years. She's now. a different person when the mic goes off? Yeah. And I, I've noticed, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but we talk about this quite a bit. Once the mic cuts off, we don't really want to talk to anybody for like a good hour. <laughs> well, you're spent. Yeah. It's, it, you know, you just ran a marathon. Right. And um, I find um, whenever people know what I do, uh, they either want to talk about the business of radio What's happening in radio? And that's my, that's work to me, what's happening in radio, although I love it. It's, you know, all right, I'm going to sit and tell you what's happening in radio. Uh, or, so what do you think of Trump? Uh, what do you think of, uh, and, you know, and they think you obsess on it all the time. Well, I would imagine people think you obsess on it oh, all yeah. the time. And, and I know, I don't know you that well. I'm not being, I'm not, you know, presuming anything. But from what I do know of you, you seem to be a pretty well-rounded person considering that you've been doing this for 29 years yeah. and that you do it uh, with a great amount of intensity. Very intense. But, but there has to be another side because otherwise... Um, you become like some of these people you see on television now who are destroying their lives over... And it doesn't connect to reality. See, if you're talking about the issues, you're telling the president what to do. You're telling the Congress what to do. You're telling everybody about their money and their wealth and, and the world and this and that. But there's no part in your life that connects to reality. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a major disconnect to how smart your advice is. Right. <laughs> You know. What kind of life experience do exactly. I have? Exactly. Uh, and I'll tell you, I mean, I have to think on my feet a lot. News breaks throughout this show, whether I'm on from 10 to 1 or I'm on from noon to 3. There'll be press conferences and there'll be um, things that are become very important to my narrative. Um, because I'm telling a story. That's what radio is. And that's changed in the last few years. Now, it's been heading in this direction for a while, but wouldn't you say that in the last five years, certainly the last three years, and definitely the, the last, last two. two years, that the show is a process in motion. Used to be in the day, you'd come in, you'd have your topic, maybe topic one would be for the first hour, topic two for the second hour, there'd mm -hmm. be a guest. It's dangerous booking guests now. Oh, tell us about it. Because the guest may not be applicable to what's happening at that second. It happens well, every it day. It just happened today, matter yeah. of fact. Me, I'm the guest, right? No, 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 no. It, happened earlier. it happened earlier, you know, when yeah. I had to move out of a subject that was pressing right. uh, into a subject that had been pre-booked. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's also, that comes with experience, is that you're able to make those transitions. But it's the storytelling aspect that has changed. When I first got into this business, um, the idea, particularly for women in talk, because when I got in, everybody said, look, no, the predominant audience is males and they don't want to hear some woman yapping oh, at them no. for hours on end so you either have to be you know go gently and talk about you know relationships or something if you yeah. want to be successful and I said well you know to hell with that I'm going to try to do the same thing the guys do because I'm just as interested and I think I'm just as interesting and what I've discovered though now is I used to do much more news reporting style than I do today now I tell the story the backstory story in particular and I take greater risks than I used to Michael That's I fantastic. reveal more well that comes than with I confidence it comes with confidence it comes with experience and you're keeping up with the times first of all I want to say especially for your listeners as somebody who's observed this business for for many many years way before you even began that you are a pioneer in terms of the female aspect of being on the air and not playing 
whatever that pre you know prescribed role was as a woman you you, you were way ahead of the curve on the curve on that yeah there's a couple of us and boy yeah. i'll tell you it was not easy but uh but but this whole thing about um evolving with the times and and news reporting versus storytelling versus reacting thinking on the fly being very careful not to talk about things that are half-baked not to give bad information you get a caller on the air the caller's going i just found out blah 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 and you go whoa how plausible is this you've got to start thinking a mile a minute is it plausible right well, I've, you know? I've defeated that problem i don't take calls uh, well, um, that you, you don't take any calls <laughs> no. at all. No okay, calls. no calls. Do you the get, do you get heat not, from that? Uh, about um, that? I don't know because I don't take any calls, so uh -huh. I don't get heat from the audience. Uh, I catch the heat. He catches the well, heat. Well, the call the caller situation has changed over the years. There was once a time. Well, well many shows I took still calls do. Yeah, years ago. There was once a time when it was called telephone talk radio. That's and, right. And this is your forum. This is the First Amendment. This is the town meeting, mm -hmm. and you know, welcome aboard. Call up. Get what's on your mind off your chest. Tell us what you're thinking. Uh, that was at a time when talking on the radio for the average person in the world was a big deal because they didn't have a Facebook page. They didn't have a Twitter exactly. account. They didn't have the uh, capability of making videos and YouTube channels and every other kind of platform. And but, what ended up happening was in recent years, people call you and they're like reading to you from, oh, worst. You know, from worst. websites and telling you reporting from you know whatever website they have to be on and it's boring as hell and i found that my listeners turn this i'm a destination show they turn this radio on here to hear what i have to say about the issue mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. to hear what uh, you know joe and tamarack is thinking today you know if joe and tamarack were gifted and skilled at doing talk radio he would have his own show and, and he probably does if he is right. <laughs> he, he probably is sitting there in his basement with a microphone podcasting exactly or, or, or doing something else but even um vetting information even when you look in a news story uh, from a, a legitimate source or one of the alternative sources or you have a guest on and it's in real time and the guest tells you something you don't always know whether the guest is talking through his hat or whether there's substance to it yeah. and that's that's part you see I, I find that's part of this business that is always edgy not to become caught up in the current narrative mm -hmm. and to make assumptions right that, oh well isn't it true well no the whole story is based on a lie right and but i think that you know after a period of time when you do this my instincts are finely honed you know my son's website broke the story for the major public on jesse smollett two weeks ago three weeks ago so i got him on the phone on the air that day and after listening to what they knew what they were reporting and they didn't say they were sure or anything they just said this is what's being reported and this is what we know i said on the air this didn't happen not the way you're telling me wow that it happened and you're one of the first and and absolutely because I am quick now at saying, well, wait a second. Now we're talking about it's four degrees outside. He went out to get a sandwich, and in the only 60 seconds that's not on videotape, somebody threw bleach at him, called him all these names, and hung a noose around his neck. Mm -hmm. That's just not mm -hmm. impossible. And wore a MAGA hat. Yeah, that's just impossible. It didn't happen. <laughs> right down to the hat. I mean, right. that, <laughs> Yeah, it just didn't that happen. That was the tip-off for me. And plus, I knew that Je Jesse Smollett, believe it or not, I knew that he was a very activist person who hated the president so mm -hmm. all of that maga country stuff was a red flag for me yeah that that, that was not the in red chicago flag for me yeah um and that's an amazing story and that is a story 
that is more than just a gossip story, more than just a celebrity oh, story, yes. more than just a crime story. It's a psychology story. And a political story. And it ties to the psychology of what the politics today is creating. And uh, as I said before, there are a lot of people who are bent out of shape, more so than is healthy. Oh, way more so. And This and, guy ruined his career. Right. You know, uh, and whether it was for money, which is what they're kind of saying now, or whether it was because he just uh, really wanted to portray all white people, who, by the way, he's biracial, so, you know, that really confuses me when biracial people um, take a position against half of themselves. You know, I, I don't get that well, at well, we all. Well, we see a lot of that. I, I mean, there, there, there's a lot of uh, giving one color <laughs> to a person that is biracial. Racial. Yeah. I mean, well, I got I mean, enough uh, children and, gra correct, and grandchildren that are biracial, and uh, what are they going to vote? Isn't Obama biracial? Yes, yes, uh, you know. right. And, but he was our first black president. Anyway, <laughs> let me take a quick break. I'm talking with Michael Harrison from Talkers Magazine. We're kind of doing a little inside baseball stuff here where we talk about radio. And I do want to, you know, ask Michael what he thinks about the fact that the President of the United States literally addressed this week the fact that uh, he has great respect for two of the top radio uh, talk radio personalities in America today and may very well be taking advice from him. Joyce Kaufman back live with you on 850 WFTL. My guest is Michael Harrison, the publisher of uh, Talkers Magazine, which is, of course, the magazine that rates talk show hosts. And he pretty much knows every talk show host in America, um, because if they're not on the li the heavy hundreds list, they're, you know, calling him on a weekly basis trying to get on it. So yeah. Why do you hate me? <laughs> right. Why don't you pay attention to me? Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I think I, I did that once that upon a time. That was the first thing you ever told me. Yeah. I said, how come you uh, not this, paying attention this, this to me? dynamic woman walks up to me and <laughs> says, why do you hate me? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, that started a great friendship. It did. That's how she won you over. But, but, it. It, but it, it was, it was uh, unnerving. Why do you hate me? If I had known who she was, I didn't know who you were. You just walked up to me right, and right. said that. And, uh, you know, all kinds of things go through your mind. <laughs> like, did, did I stand you up for the prom? Right. Did I, you know, what? what? Where? How? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. A little I, dramatic. I, I, I have an interesting uh, career in this business. Uh, Talkers Magazine gives me an opportunity to really delve into the theory and the, the, the operations of it. Mm -hmm. And I, I love playing in the game. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, what I'm doing right now is fun. I fill in at stations all around right. the country. Uh, I've been a guest on his show. Multiple yeah, so uh, it, it, to me, it's been uh, you know kind of a joyful experience. And when you uh, look at a friend going. like you're friendly with Sean Hannity, he's generally the keynote speaker Very at the so. talkers yeah. conferences. And you look at um, the level to which Sean has risen. I'm so proud of him. I, I mean, can't tell you. yeah, uh, uh, and and certainly um, the odds were against this relationship with Donald Trump turning into bonanza. Well, he took, he was smart. He took a chance. You know, he hitched his star to a good wagon or hitched his wagon to a good star. A to, long time ago, uh, though. And, 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 and never wavered. Right. He, Neither did I, but I'm not Sean Hannity. <laughs> well, well, and they know each other right. personally, and 
he got the attention of Trump in a very good way. Mm -hmm. And boy, is it paying off for him today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Donald Trump said this week when he was asked the question about um, whether he is getting his insider information um, from conservative talk radio hosts, he said, uh, well, no. Well, he is. He is. Yeah, he said, no, yeah. but. And then he went on to say one of the most insightful things I've ever heard said about Rush Limbaugh, which is, here's a man who talks for three hours a day and never runs out of information. And yeah, well, that means he listens a lot. That's right. Uh, but we would not be in the present position we are today with the wall, with the uh, oh, budget right. discussion, any of the current events that are happening now for the past month that have dominated the news if it was not for Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity. Mm -hmm. So whether the president listens to them directly, like, Sean, what should I do? Or the president hears, did you hear what Sean said? Did you hear Rush Limbaugh said? Mm -hmm. Did you hear what Ann Coulter said? What Laura Ingram said? Mm -hmm. uh, what Joyce Kaufman said? Who knows? I mean, you're heard in Mar-a-Lago land. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, there are a lot of people on the inside. He is very, very, uh, you know, influenced by that. Because he wants to represent the people. That's what he said. Well, he also cares about his base, which listens to these people. But his base is the people who came out and supported him. So I think he is determined to do most of what he promised them. I think when he got there, he realized it's not as easy as it is He's super successful. serving his core, the same yeah. thing radio people do. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. We can, we can do that very well. You need a break here? Take a break? Take care of a little uh, business? Because Michael understands the business side of this. If I don't You do, should see all the sign language going on here, folks. <laughs> it's amazing. If she I just don't blows take, me off all the time. <laughs> if I don't, and I'm trying to figure out where I fit in this. I'm, I'm afraid to talk too long because I detect a certain sense of time urgency yeah. happening. So I'm, yeah. I'm answering... He's looking. I'm, I'm, I'm answering at five-second yeah. bursts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's, he's ignoring me. I ignore him for the most part. You know, I, I, I kind of have my own internal clock, and it doesn't always time out the way he he wants it to but that's a problem it's uh, you know it's a problem for him it's not a problem for me For those of you who don't follow me on Twitter, it's Joyce on Air or 850 WFTL, and you really should because I'm retweeting uh, the president's latest tweet, which is <laughs> Bernie, crazy Bernie and full-blown socialism. It's uh, worth the price of admission. Michael Harrison is in the studio with me from uh, Talkers Magazine, and uh, Michael and I bump into each other every year in Washington at the fair rally, and I've been to a couple of his conventions in New York, except that they're always at a time when I just can't go. Um, I hope that's not the case this year. But um, we, it's I, June, right? Have we talked about it yet? No, we haven't oh, okay. talked about well, it we'll yet. But that it, out. I think it's in June. So, uh, hey, how you doing? Oh my goodness, a lot of old friends walking in the building. Um, Michael and I were talking a little bit off the air about uh, how the political climate has become very divisive in this country. And you know, look, I, I was not a fan of President Obama's. I was not a fan. I got my start in this market. Uh, during the election where Bill Clinton became the Democratic nominee and then the president for eight years, I loathed Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. He was the reason I left the Democrat Party. Um, so I have had presidents who I despise their presidencies, but I never felt that way about the people who supported them. You know, I, I saw a difference between people who had an ideology and, uh, you know, people who are evil. 
Um, and that, that's gone by the wayside. People now hate each other if they vote for different parties. And it, it's a matter of degree as well. Uh, there is hatred on both sides. I, I, I know that the conservatives feel at this point, and for people listening who don't know me, I'm radically neutral, uh, hate all presidents. Right. Really am suspect of all politicians. Don't like big government. Don't like big business. Don't like big media. And I don't like big religion. Right. So, so I'm not a wishy-washy fence sitter. I'm very opinionated, but I I find fault with everything. Mm-hmm. And um, there are some things about Donald Trump that are quite spectacular. And there are things about Donald Trump where I can understand why he gets under people's skin. Mm-hmm. But I do find that the left has gone further into that red zone. Oh. They have gone deep into that red zone where they actually are rooting for things to happen that are bad for the country mm-hmm. to get rid of Trump. It's it's called cutting your nose off to spite your face. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is a very dangerous syndrome. Conservatives have been unkind to liberals in the talk radio very much. business, very much. But, but, but not on the level of hatred that exists. Not all Democrats, not all uh, liberals are that way. We're dealing with two things. We're dealing with liberals and then we're dealing with leftists. Mm-hmm. And even though they overlap uh, and without going more into more. A, whole, mm-hmm. a whole political science thing here, you do understand that a liberal and a leftist, two different connotations. And yeah, we're here, and, I'm a liberal. Uh, in many ways, yeah. you're a liberal. I'm, I just don't happen to be you know, a Democrat or a left-leaning person. Right, right. You know, but I'm open-minded, which is what liberal is. And, and you probably have a lot of tendencies that if they were snapshots taken out of context, just Joyce Kaufman believes this. Yeah. People would say, and that's all they knew about you. Liberal. Libertarian is what they'd say. Or a libertarian. Just let people but, be. <laughs> but but things, are ta- things are taken out of context in this era because the culture, the media, and the politicians seek victory at the expense of truth. There, there is there is almost no desire for truth. It's now it's almost like sports and news talk Worse. radio has become like sports talk radio. It's become like World Wrestling Federation. Is what and, it's well, that, like. that's even worse because mm-hmm. that that the people get all worked up emotionally over something that they know is a contrivance. Mm-hmm. That's that's improvisational theater where the actors actually start believing it's real. Oh, yeah. and and uh, what goes on in the ring is even crazier because they don't know know where the line is drawn that's happening now in politics and i've and i've been as i said i follow this scene a long time i've never seen it like this it has never been uh, like this. i i what i'm hoping is that uh, we can eventually work our way out of it uh we do live in an era of attention deficit disorder Mm -hmm. and that has really created problems for subjects of substance Mm -hmm. because we forget what happened a week ago and a lot of these stories need to be kept alive um maybe attention deficit disorder will play out in a positive way that we'll forget how much we hate each other and we'll heal just with the process of time and in the post-Trump era, which is going to come, right. uh, new things will happen that will bring people together because we all respond to the now, mm-hmm. to the news. And it, all it would take is one event, one asteroid heading for the Earth, I'm, I'm being extreme here, right. would suddenly make all of these political differences seem real banal. And uh, so anything could happen that could change this. I just hope it's not a catastrophe. Right. I hope it just Well, that's what they always, they always say, that you know it'll take a catastrophe or a terrible event to bring us together in this country again. And I'm not so sure that that's not so. 
But I will tell you this, that it was extremely disturbing um, when I had a friend of 50 plus years literally say that they could no longer be around me because they hated Trump that much. It's horrible. It is because um, they're, they understand that I don't have some sort of blind loyalty to Donald Trump, but I'm a person who spent the last 29 years talking about the border. You know that. I was That's the been first, your issue. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you were ahead of everybody. I was that. the first talk host with um, Roger uh, Hedgecock. Roger Hedgecock in right. San Diego. He and I were the first two to have a fair rally to insist that they bring talk show hosts from around the country to Washington D.C. We yeah. we were the guys who who were the you know the idea people behind that. And so when I finally had a candidate who was addressing this issue in the language that I speak. I was re- I was ready to sell out. I've never voted for a person who won an election before until Donald Trump. Never. I didn't vote for Bush. I didn't vote for Clinton. I didn't vote for any of them. Mm-hmm. You know. And in I, this case, you voted for the guy that most people didn't. I didn't think, think he was, was going to win. win. <laughs> That's right. I thought he would. I did because I've had my hand, you know, my fingers on the pulse of of the American public. I, I, you know, if anything, talk radio has taught me that the. The the guy in the street, the man on the street, the working class person um, is a good person. America is a great nation. It's full of of acceptance and diversity in spite of what we're being told by the media. Um, You know, this is a country that our past had lots of sins in, but our future just keeps getting more inclusive. You know, I look at my family today. You know, my husband and I could not have sat in the same restaurant 30 years ago. Yeah, well, and, you, you have a mixed family. Right, or, and or, today uh, that's not, you know, it's not well, an how issue. Does it make you feel, how does it make you feel as a person who walks the walk as well as talks the talk to have people say to you, hey, Trump, is a racist. Is a racist. Yeah. That, that, does, that must be difficult that they, that they call you a racist by... Uh, Absolutely, by, know, association. by association. It's guilt by association. And it is very frustrating because the one thing you don't want to go is like some of my best friends and even my husband are black, you know, because that makes you sound really cheap. Um, and so what I say is that the, there is a, uh, a concerted effort in this country right now, and it is on the left, it's not on the right, um, to divide people and place them into these little niche groups for voters' purposes. Identity politics. Yeah, identity politics has taken over the Democrat Party, and it is a formula for a kind of divided country that I never thought I would be living in because my life has been so... Um, you know, has gotten so much easier living in in a you know in a community where I, I live in the South. I've been in the South for the last you know thirty five years. So it's not like you know I'm, I'm walking around in an interracial marriage in New York. You know, walking around in that marriage in in the South is substantially different. And yet, even in the South, um, you can go to a gun show, which where they tell me all the right wing nuts are. And you walk around and you see people walking around with biracial kids, grandchildren, everything. And no, you never hear the N-word. I have never in my life heard a conservative say the N-word. Never. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, I hang out in conservative circles. Um, every time I walk into, you know, the the open field where there's a lot of the left, <laughs> I hear some of the most outrageous stuff. Um, just divisive, negative uh casting people in terrible ways you know it takes a a jesse smollett story 
to point out to, to, to the public that there's a real danger in all this divide and conquer stuff because people begin to believe it. Yeah. Have you found it? Uh, do we, if we have to break, I won't ask you a question. No, go ahead. Ask. Um, have you found yourself maybe thinking about not always talking politics to people uh, who might jump down your throat? I don't talk politics to people who are inclined to be, you yeah. know, if they got, uh, if they still have an Obama Biden sticker on their car, I pretty much figure we're going to be talking about religion. Religion's safer now, you yeah. know, um, <laughs> or sports, you know, you know, how about them heat? There was once a time when the, the, the advice was don't talk sports, don't talk religion, don't, don't talk, talk politics, politics right. and, and you won't get into a fight. Right. <laughs> well, and, you know, and I am, I'm circumspect yeah. and, I'm, is, uh, and I'm careful. Sports is good currency. You could talk, if, if you have Even nothing to sports. talk. Even sports, yeah. who's kneeling and who's this yeah. and, you know, yeah. where, when's Colin Kaepernick going to get his payoff? I mean, even sports is political. It has become, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. And religion, forget about it. You know, you're probably best. I'm probably best staying out of that as well because to listen to the nonsense that's going on with these federal judicial nominees where they're saying, oh, you're Catholic, you can't sit on the bench. And I'm trying to say, what? This I feel like when Kennedy was running and people were objecting to him being a Catholic. That I was remember 50 when years my, ago. my teacher told us, uh, and I won't say what grade it was, that Kennedy has no chance of winning because a Catholic cannot be elected. I remember this to this day, the teacher saying yeah. this. A teacher right. saying it. You know, teachers were never wrong in those days. And if he hadn't cheated, they were telling you the truth. But that's a whole oh, other gosh. subject. Could you imagine Kennedy in the presidency today in today's media environment? Oh, my oh, goodness. No, the TMZ would go hog wild with that one. All right, we're going to take our final break. Stay right where you are. Welcome back, Joyce Kaufman, with you wrapping up this Wednesday, uh, this Thursday edition. Oh, my gosh. It's already Thursday, and it's already over. Michael Harrison, my guest from Talkers Magazine. Uh, Michael and I have had one of those storied friendships over the years, which always starts with me insulting someone and them finally understanding <laughs> that I didn't mean to insult them. That's just my uh, my style. Uh, you made an art of that. I, I have. This is true. But, uh, you know, I, I have to admit that over the years i have learned you know i've i've developed a great deal of respect for you primarily because you have an ins, you have a, an innate sense of talent everybody you've ever introduced me to and before they became really big you were right on the money i'll never forget you introduced me to dana lash and you said she's a contender Mm -hmm. And nobody had heard of Dana. I see that as my job. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, somebody has to shine the light on rising stars and, and the future. I'm very futuristic and very future-oriented, but I did that with Sean Hannity. That's why Hannity mm -hmm. is such a, um, um, a good friend to me to this day. Let me ask you a question, though, about uh, you know what I think is the best talk radio program in America, and nobody likes to talk about it, is the Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin is a very, very a unique individual. And totally talk, radi unique. talk radio is about unique individuals. You may not like his take on things, but he sure does know the Constitution, and he sure is an expert on history. He is. Uh, it's, it's a college lecture. Yeah. He, he comes up with very interesting insights based on fact. Yeah, and, and I think that uh, if the president is listening to uh, anybody, he's, he's, I hear a lot of Levin in the president as well, mm -hmm. um, because he gets to the legalistic side of things which is what the president now, tangled is, up in. Levin is very successful. You I, know, I, Levin I, is up there in the top five according to our last statistics. Yeah, top three. Now the real question is what happened to Dr. Savage? I mean, 
you know, it seems like it was both his decision and then just in we general. We don't have enough time. <laughs> you have to have me back soon. <laughs> okay, then I'm that's a, what I'll do. I'll devote a whole hour to him. Are you going to be in town for a while? Yeah, I'll be here till um, uh, April. All right, so yeah. then we'll have you back. Um, uh, and and you have to check out this. I, I put it up on our website. If you haven't seen the billboard in Times Square that says 25,000 lost New York City lo- jobs, etc. Thanks for nothing, AOC. Um, this is the era where you you are going to be called out on Twitter, on Facebook, and now on Billboard. Now she's AOC. AOC. You know, talk about spell your initials Except right. Except Levin calls her AOC, <laughs> which I think is the best. I say AOC every now and again. You think she'll still be um, a big name in, in what, one year, two years? No, I think she's going to get defeated in the next term. But that's Interesting. You know, that's, uh, because New York is fickle. And uh, she's not going to bring home any bacon, as you can see. And they'll they'll get disenchanted with her and all of the press that she gets. People are very jealous. I found that out. I have very few friends in talk radio. They all, you know, very territorial. I think with the exception of maybe Heidi, <laughs> because it, she's I at the it, other I side of the country. I guess it makes what I've done uh, pretty astounding, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that, you, that we all talk to you, very astounding. Um, anyway, thank you, Michael, so much for coming in. I appreciate it. A little Thanks, inside Joyce. talk radio. And uh, thank you, Hobo, for everything you did today. Thanks to my guest, Raheel Raza, uh, for her participation in the show today. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. if it be his will and he delays his coming. I remember what lies behind us and lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.